Hey everyone, David here, just letting you know that things got a little out of hand, and so we split this episode into two whole separate episodes. This first episode covers the news and our non-spoiler review of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and the second episode that shows up in your feed is going to be the spoiler half of the discussion that ended up being two-thirds of the discussion. So... Um, sorry it went a little long, but we hope you enjoy it. Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Howdy. How's it going, guys? It's going well. I stayed up all night last night. <laughs> okay. It's going great. Do you, was it productive? Yes. Did you, very okay. productive. Good. Hopefully. Was it, though? Yes, I beat a video game. One we're going we're gonna to talk about <laughs> that video game next week, though, I think. Yeah. I'm laying the, the groundwork for the mystery here. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this Didn't week you, we're going to... Oh, go ahead, Seth. pretty sure you've already talked about it. Listen, don't so worry not about really it. a mystery. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, we're, we're changing up the format a little bit this week because we want to um, make things flow a little easier. So we're going to talk about the news first, and then we're going to talk about our non-spoilery feelings about Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then after the break is when all the gloves are off, and we're going to get into the details about this game and why it's different from the original what's different how we feel about it um we'll we'll talk about how we feel about it during the review part too just so you like know but like we're gonna like really talk about it in the second half so the first half you're safe from any spoiler but the second half you are not so if the, when the break hits you can pause it go do something else until you beat the game and then listen later if you want but just keep safe because honestly everyone should play this game fresh i think but you know if you want to spoil it for yourself go ahead i'm <laughs> i'm not your parent i'm not your guardian um let's <laughs> let's talk about the news though we got two pretty big nintendo updates that seemed like they were, um, how do I put it, Seth? Uh, they seemed like they were Nintendo Direct level updates that were just thrown out on Twitter for yeah. <laughs> no reason. And one of them is this um, final update to Mario Maker 2, which was curious to me because there's only been one other big update to Mario Maker 2. Uh, they they're kind of giving up on this game a little early. Do you think? I I felt that way about the first Mario Maker as well. Um, I I just like I remember back when the first one was coming out. I didn't feel like there was there was much going on in the way of updates or like new content for the game. So like this feels more the same, really. Yeah, Seth. Um. Well, I never, I never played the game, um, so <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, it's the game had a lot in it, but 
we we talked about this back when it came out that there was a lot of squares left in the menu system where there was like styles and stuff and so it led a lot of people to believe like oh there's going to be different styles like they're gonna really toy with this and no probably not it's yep. they're they are just letting it go and you know i mean they they have done a lot they added that zelda update the weird <laughs> zelda update and Basically, they're making you able in this final mode to do stuff with, like, there's a frog suit. There's a bunch of stuff. And they are making the world maker mode in the game. So you can essentially build a Super Mario world with up to 40 stages. So that would be... Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's hefty. That's pretty cool. There's Um, also a uh, mushroom that turns you into Super Mario Bros. 2 Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice, <laughs> but yeah, seems it seems like they're, you know, not not going forward on the rest of this game for some reason, um, especially since it there's a lot of rumors of this big thirtieth year of Mario stuff, which maybe that is why. So we'll see. Hmm. Um, or is it thirty fifth? Oh my gosh, my brain just Ooh. broke on it. I can't remember one of, one of those numbers. Yeah, yeah. The next update was the Animal Crossing update. And they... It's fun, because Seth is going to come into this game because he hasn't played it yet. And you're going to have so much stuff to do right at the outset. It's going to be crazy. But the museum is now going to able... Like, you're, not, you're now going to be able to donate art, which was in the old Animal Crossing games and is not in this one yet. It will be tomorrow. And Blathers will, like, tell you if your art is real or fake and stuff like Ooh. that. Yeah. And <laughs> there's going to be the, like, Leaf is an old recurring character in Animal Crossing, and he's coming back, and he is going to have a garden shop, so you can have bushes now. And Red the Pirate is going to be, like, your art seller. So in every Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons game, Sith, in the island there's this like hidden beach up in the north of every single island and that's where he's going to show up like there's just this little patch of beach on the north side of every island if you if you look so that's where he's going to be coming in with his pirate ship which will be pretty cool i like the implications of a pirate in the animal crossing world (laughs) i'd imagine he's a pretty friendly one I would hope so, but the alternative is slightly funny. Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, out there on the high seas, just like blasting people, taking their stuff. He's the reason Gulliver. I was about to say that, yeah. (laughs) He's the reason Gulliver is just dead on the beach. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they also announced that they're going to be doing Nature Day, Museum Day, Wedding Season, and May Day Tour. That's from here to, like, June of events. And we can only pray that they will not be as annoying as the egg event. Yeah. One I, can hope. I completely skipped out on that, on the, the egg day. Ah. Yeah. So, I... It would be amazing if, after seeing all of the complaints about the eggs, Nintendo just went and did it again with their next event. 
<laughs> like for the nature day and stuff, it's like different leaves you have to get. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo just double downs on this concept of. That sounds like something they do. Oh, I... yeah. Because it feels like something they have done. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Nintendo. Can't. Um, yeah. You're you're not wrong. Yeah. I just I don't want to agree with you, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Seth, you were uh you were chatting up on Twitter the other day. Um and it, it made me As laugh, I do. As you do. And you you posed the question to someone. Uh I suppose this answers if the switch can run crisis, because crisis is coming to the switch. It and, is. And on every other console, um, it's going to be remastered, which is cool. Did you ever play Crisis? I did not. I owned it, and it wouldn't. My hmm. my PC could not run Crisis, so I took it back. Uh, nice. Uh, I played Crisis two though, sort of. Yeah, I I played a little bit of two and three. Um, two was good. Never I, got my I hands on the two. original. Wait, there's a third one. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that came out. <laughs> I remember Crisis 2 because I worked at GameStop at the time, but yeah. I don't remember Crisis 3. I can't tell yeah. you what year it came out. It was, it was a, it was, at least 2 was a, a fun shooter. Uh, so I imagine 1 was also good. Um, but they were doing a, uh, a little bit of a teasy stuff on the crisis twitter before they finally came out with it after four years of inactivity on the twitter account they put out this cryptic tweet and i was just amazed that crisis was back (laughs) it's like that's not something that i was expecting to ever see again to be honest i don't know i felt like um like crytek as a whole and like i i thought it kind of just all went under you know (laughs) <laughs> no, they have the other game out currently, the Hunt Showdown. I've never heard of that in my life. Oh well, you know it exists. It's <laughs> their know. most recent game. Yeah, but yeah, that, it does um... seem like it's been a while. They stopped making Far Cry games a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. Real quick, I want to throw out there. I don't. We didn't talk about this on the show, and. Platinum released a fifth slot onto their site. Um, that was a small yeah. bit of news that went mm. uh, under yeah, the radar. Yeah, it turned out their their Final Fantasy video was not the actual final thing of the Platinum. Fo- I mean, their not Final Fantasy. <laughs> their their April Fool's Day video. Yeah, was not uh, actual part of the Platinum Four news. Good. Well. It is now technically, isn't it? Because now it's the Platinum Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Although the thing, those, that April Fool video was, it looked sort of funnish. Yeah. So, um, keep on the lookout for that. I keep looking at the site every other day or so to see if something, and nothing yet. But there is a fifth slot there now, and uh, hopefully it'll be cool. I I imagine it'll be Bayonetta news or something. Because we have not heard anything about Bayonetta 3 since the Game Awards trailer. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Um, we we need to get into a little bit of some Xbox Series X talk. And that's just because... A, just a little bit. The, the logo dropped. And I'm a sucker for a good logo. And I... And this I, is not really a good one, though. <laughs> yeah. It's... 
very plain. Yeah. But it's, it's I mean, it, it looks neat. Um, I don't, I don't know how much you can talk about a logo. Yeah. Um, it's, Forrest said it felt, you when we were recording, he said it felt very tight and volley. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it just, like, for some reason, like, the flaunt of it just made me think of, of Titanfall, which I'm not opposed to. I, I like Titanfall a lot. So if yeah. so, if I can relate that with, like, Xbox in some way, I think even on, like, just a very simple level, I think that can be good for marketing. I, I don't think that's intentional. Oh, no, uh, not, I mean, not it, one bit. It's just so, a personal <laughs> stupid brain thing. Yeah, so I don't know how much <laughs> that would uh, help marketing. I mean, it also, to me, looks like the Xenoblade Chronicles X logo, but <laughs> that's not, it's, again, probably not something that, They'll, they'll be leaning into to get people interested. Yeah. Um, also, this goes along with some Twitter rumors that in May... Um, so, of course, E3 isn't happening traditionally this year because of the coronavirus. And so that has led some people to wonder how these announcements were going to come about that were scheduled for E3 time. And... I've been seeing stuff on Twitter. I'm sure Seth has too, where um, some announcements are coming earlier. Some are coming a little later. And one of them is uh, the apparently Forbes reported that the Xbox Series X event is going to happen in May, possibly, hmm. where they'll announce the, uh, the Lockhart, which is the lower power... Um, what's the... Like, it's a digital-only box, basically. For the Series X, yeah, and so it's presumably be... the Series S, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're gonna announce some games at that for like launch and everything. So, who knows what'll be announced at that? They, I'm sure they'll talk more about Hellblade Two and Halo Infinite. Um, I would hope so. I've been wanting some more Halo Infinite news for how many months to a year now the last thing we saw was the trailer at e3 last year okay so we're coming up on a year and it supposedly comes out this year yeah which i so we need i want to see a little more yeah (laughs) no gameplay yet we've seen zero gameplay it's so weird because like with Almost every other mainline Halo game from what I can remember, especially think, like thinking back specifically to Halo 2, we have always had like a fair amount of gameplay and like reveals and stuff leading up to each new main Halo release. So like we have a solid idea of like where development is at any given time, but like I don't know, with Infinite it's it's been radio silent most of the time. It's a new engine, so yeah. I'm assuming that's why they want to like when they show it off to show off like everything. Yeah. So hopefully the new engine is real good. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm I'm really nervous <laughs> I'm about just, this game. Every time I think of this game I just go, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. And I just rock myself to sleep in the corner. Yeah. Um I, I do think it's interesting the the companies that are staggering their news to be earlier or later. I'm interested to see if that happens. Like, we get like a Ubisoft thing in the end of May, or who knows if like EA does something in July. Like yeah. they, or if they just do weird like Twitter drops of news with no no 
like little <laughs> awkward event type yeah. thing. We can only hope that none of it's as weird as that Sony uh, graphics reveal thing for their <laughs> with the fake crowd. Oh my god! Can you imagine? <laughs> That would be if, if that is the way that like all these press conferences go oh, for, no. for like the foreseeable future. No, 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 oh, no, no, man. Talk about scanning our ears, stuff, <laughs> whatever. Um, okay, so that's all I had for news, Seth. Um, this is the uh, Nintendo announced a random Splatfest today. Oh, what? Really? Yeah, that game is dead. I thought there yeah. was already a last one. There <laughs> like, was the like final. It's, it's a it's a special one off, and I oh. think they're also releasing like um, basically the what do they call it the <laughs> the demo thing that they had. Uh, like a splat test uh, fire. Test fire. Test fire. Yeah, they're they're releasing. I, I'm pretty sure they're releasing a demo for it uh, to do the splat fest. But yeah. That's coming up. Hmm. It's really random. <laughs> I mean, thank you, Nintendo. Yeah, I... Okay. I love Splatoon, but it died, and so... Yeah. I mean, it. Well, stopped I mean, updating it. It sort of makes sense. So, uh, the Switch was, like, the highest-selling um, console in March. Yes, it was. And it, and it like, beat out its... It was the most sales in the month since, like, the March that it came out. And it was, like, the highest, the the record for the most consoles sold in March. Um, and so, clearly, like, Nintendo knows this is a hot quarantine item. And so, they're trying to give people, uh, they're trying to get, provide pads for people to find these games that have been out for a while. Like, who previously did not own a Switch. Support ARMS, people. Please. And Celeste is $5 on the eShop. Buy Celeste. <laughs> I forgot about that in the two yeah. nights since we last talked. Um, <laughs> or one. Yeah, Splatoon 2. Seemingly, man, they've got to be gearing up for a Splatoon 3 announcement here soon, I would assume. I don't think so. I mean, certainly, eventually it'll come out. Yeah. But I don't know that that's in the near future. I hope. Um, so some news about us, uh, before we get into getting really wrapped up into our conversation about Final Fantasy VII Remake, our site is live. The new Suplex the Sticks website is live and go check it out. It's easier to use than ever and it looks a lot better. <laughs> and I promise it does cause it doesn't break when you have a big monitor <laughs> if you use it. Um, and yeah, it's one of the better ways to find out about us and share the information about us. And we'd really appreciate it if you went and visited it. There's, there's an area for blogs where we'll be posting um, opinion pieces and stuff like that. And if you want to be featured on there, uh, you can submit stuff and we'll like edit it and see if we want to post it. But yeah, it would be awesome as a way to get engaged with our community and, yeah. yeah, so it's a new way to uh, express our creativity, uh, creativity, and I'm excited to use it more because um, it's a lot more usable. You, it was barely <laughs> editable last time, and so we killed everything. And like a phoenix, it's risen from Absolutely, the ashes. Yeah, 
and the mobile site, like, just quick side note about that. It just looks really nice and runs really well. Thank like, you. Like, it's, like, I don't want to go too <laughs> much about this, but, like, it, it feels really good for a mobile site. Because, like, not a lot of sites are optimized well for phones. But this is. <laughs> Our boy, Nick. Nick Fitzpatrick. Shout out. Uh, me and him spent a couple long nights working <laughs> on this thing and making it uh, work very well. So thank you, Nick. He did, I would say, like 70-30. <laughs> I did 30% of the work, and he did 70. You're like the idea guy. I was. Me and him. He <laughs> He's was, there. He was doing, doing a lot of it, labor. and I'm telling him, well, like this, this, this. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's It's good, though. All right. Seth, do you you want to go into our Final Fantasy VII talk? That's what we're all here for, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're here to record the pod for the people. Yeah. But I I really... And have a good time I, with I want friends. to talk to Seth about this game <laughs> so bad. And I I ended up being up really late Monday night. Or was it, it was Monday or Tuesday night? I think it was Monday. And... I finally got to text him about the ending and stuff, and so I'm excited. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, This is the non-spoiler discussion. We're just going to tell you how we feel about the game. Um, I really liked it as a whole. I beat it Saturday, and it's really stuck with me a lot since then. Um, The combat, the intricate ways they like I don't know if intricate is the right word the creative ways they use some of the old music in the like that couldn't that couldn't really fit into this new format of a game and the way they made it work like the uh, the ending battle menu I don't know what to call that the ending battle menu music the way they kind of fit that in sometimes in the Colosseum after you won a round. The victory theme. Yeah, victory theme. <laughs> that, that counts. And how, and how Barrett sings it sometimes. No, oh, not that theme. The, the, the music that's in the menu where you see all the stats go up. Oh, the... Yeah, that music. So they fit that in. I love that so much. While you're loading to go back to the restroom in the Coliseum. And I really love that there's a... Oh my gosh. There's a Tonberry at one point in the game, which I never thought I didn't think I'd see a Tonberry in this game. I don't yeah, know why. That was that was funny. <laughs> it was the best. Um Seth, what what did you what Oh uh, man. Yeah. I wanna You really did and it was like it was exactly like what you expect a Tonberry would do and that it killed you with every t- every time it hit you. <laughs> it was because you never, I mean, I guess you can maybe in the other Final Fantasy, like the MMOs and stuff, but you don't really like fought, fight Tonberries in a 3D space. And so it just like slowly walks towards you. <laughs> and That's yeah. horrifying. It's, oh no, it definitely <laughs> is because it just kills you the moment it hits you. And it's nuts. Um, I thought most of the side quests were satisfying. Uh, some of them I weren't wasn't too big on. But, um, I mean, that's just how it is in any game. There's always going to be a handful of side quests that are just filler and a handful that are real good. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the, the, 
this the like pull up and the was it pull up and push up in the squats squats yeah it was squats pull up and squats how do you feel about those Seth um I mean I like the the squat mini game was not hard uh the the pull ups uh gave me some difficulty and were uh <laughs> frustrating <laughs> yeah uh yeah um i i did the pull-ups right before we recorded last week yep and there was a lot of yelling in the house before <laughs> i was just getting so mad but i love the i love the voice acting in the game i think the voice acting really impressed me oh yeah Especially after, if you go back and listen, when I played the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo, I was really not excited about the voice acting because I still think Barrett gets better as the game goes on. Not much better, but he gets better. I still love him. But <laughs> I know, but there's a point where it becomes a caricature yes. and that's not okay. That's fair. That's um, fair. And so the voice acting in the other characters is very good. Um, Andrea is really good. Um, I love, I really like the, I forget her name, Seth, the, the one lady you do side quests for. I liked her voice a lot for some reason. Oh yeah. The, the one lady. No, the (laughs) The angel, the like angel of the. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She's good can't remember her um reno and rude had good voice actors yeah i was very impressed by that um yeah i what did what did you think of the voice was there any voices that stood out to you or good or bad um i thought they were all they were all very good uh as a whole the the characterization of of each of the of all the people in the cast um like and not just like the main characters, just uh, be it the the sort of tertiary characters who show up every once in a while, and even like one-off characters. I thought they all uh, felt um, embodied. I guess like they they felt like real people. Um, yeah, and that's one of the especially for the main cast. That was one of the more impressive things about the changes that they made. Now certainly. When you're going from like a four or five hour segment to a forty hour segment, um, it's going to necessitate more development of those characters. But um, I think they they made smart decisions in going uh, veering away from what characterization had been uh, in the original game. Um, so like Cloud, who is. Um, how do you how do you describe Cloud in the original one in in Midgar? He's kind of uh, nothing. I don't know. Yeah. He's not yeah. nothing, but for like stoic, kind yeah, of? stoic. He doesn't. He's not really engaging with the other characters. He doesn't really offer a whole lot. Yeah, um, outside of like a line or two here of a hint of sarcasm. I, right. There's not much. Um, and so, like as that game goes on, he begins to warm up more to the characters um and so they they put that in here but they sort of they made it 
seem a lot more like a like a, a front that Cloud puts on because there are there are moments in there where you see the cracks um, when and, and the ways he interacts with characters like uh, there's this moment with um, a, a failed high five with Aerith that was really good. Um, there's this uh, one of the side quests where like he's helping like a bunch of kids need help and he's and yeah. he says I only do it uh, you have to pay me. And he says, I'll do it for three gil. I'm running a, a special today on, on monster hunting. Um, and there's just, a, there's a lot of little moments like that where, like, he never get, he never goes, like, fully into um, the sort of embracing his role as a member of a team. But you can tell, like, he's not just the kind of um, uh, remo- removed, not really a jerk, but sort but not part of not part of the story uh at that point in the game in the original like um yeah he feels like a person who is he feels instead like a person who is is trying to be something and so and so putting on a face that is that um i and i, I really and, think and that's like oh go ahead i really think that and we can get into this in the second half. One of the biggest ways they show, like, I think the biggest initial crack at that is that's how they use Jesse in this game. She, I feel like, um, like she is constantly hammering away at that. Yeah. That um, barrier of his. Well, I think it's it. Jesse is certainly more direct at it, but I think all of the characters uh, have their their moments um, doing stuff like that with Cloud. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the all. Not all of the main characters were like changed, um, although they all sort of were because because Aerith was, um, instead of just being this kind of demure like sort of helpless. Uh, I mean, I don't even know that I would call her helpless in the original game, but she she like took a she felt it feels like she was always a person who um, was sort of taking a backseat to what was happening uh, in the original game. Um, whereas here, she's she's like, you know, she's witty, um, she's playful, and and she she makes it clear she knows how to hold her own in in a fight, and she. And, and and she she has this whole history of being able to take care of herself and so there there are lots of times where um cloud sort of says stuff to her or is like hey look I'll take care of this or get get back you know he he's being the he's taking on the traditional like sort of chivalrous role of I will right. I will protect you and Aerith steps up like no you don't have to um and and it's it's she is very good that was one of the the most interesting things for me was how invested i became in Aerith when uh when i played the original i basically shelled her um <laughs> like i was not interested in tr- in becoming invested in her character yeah um and from the outset like when you first when you the second time, like when you are actually introduced to Aerith, not like when you first meet her, uh, but when, once you start actually interacting with her, I was like, oh man, 
This is just too cute. I love yeah, this she's, so much. The, the it, banter on the rooftops yes, is perfect. Yes, the game it was her, perfect. Just as a whole, like the the conversations that constantly happen between Aerith and Cloud are just so very charming and full of fun. And yeah. like it's really enjoyable to just see that. Yes, it was so cute that I wanted to die. <laughs> uh, just and it wasn't and I wouldn't even it, it was flirty, but I wouldn't say it was all flirting. Um uh <laughs> Cloud has an interesting relationship with the women in this game. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. For real. The he's only an, so, he's an awkward middle schooler who doesn't know anything. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> uh, gosh, he fluctuates hmm. between being a blunt hammer and a cowering little child over certain things. <laughs> Well, I don't know that he is cowering. I'm yeah, just, no, that, I'm sure that was that extreme, but like, just in in some cases he is uh, <laughs> he, he he is not exactly sure how to respond to, yes. s- to certain stuff. Yes, like, uh, I mean, they don't. It makes sense because knowing about Cloud Cloud's backstory, he doesn't really have a whole lot of uh, experience with interaction with women as an adult. Um, and so, but all that, all those interactions are, are all very humorous, and they're and they're very, very well done. Um, Barrett, I actually, he he's the one. He probably makes the worst first impression of all the characters, but like, he grows into this really like I love Barrett by the end. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I, he, I grew to love him, but he also like he, there's stuff. Certainly, there are moments where he yeah. is um, turned into like this really stereotypical black man, um, and and it's and there are also moments where he just it's weird because he can like vacillate from being this really this really smart guy who who knows about like the politics and the way the world works and things that need to happen um to make to to bring about meaningful change and then like he's just an idiot in other stuff and yeah with making these really dumb plans and very um, hot-headed and emotional like to the point where it can easily lead him into like his plans falling apart or like getting into trouble yeah, um, and and so he Barrett is a weird one just because, like the when he's well written, it's really good. Yeah, um, and like he is this really engaging and charismatic guy, and like you can totally understand why these people would be following him and and doing this stuff. Um, and I was listening to this one podcast uh, that it was one interesting. I didn't think of the the way the the game um, closes with like the camera focused on Barrett um, rather than on any of the other people. Hmm. And so it's like, I didn't think about that. He like it, the game is putting a lot of work into making him the like heart of this, of this team. Um, And he's very good. Tifa is, is the only one that I have some gripes with. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think that her character was given the best stuff to work with. Um, like I, I like Tifa, um, but just 
some of the, the the way she comes off, like the way she has to be a sort of devil's advocate in some places. Uh, it's I don't know. It's 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 not my favorite, but um, I don't think it's her fault. Um, it's just she did not have she 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 didn't get the kind of the the big moments like the other characters did. Right. Um, how did you feel about the combat by the end? The combat in the game, I think, is very good. Um, they, the challenge, of course. So, naturally, the challenge of this game for the developers is, it's like, how do you remake a game? Um, a game that, like, everyone has an, a sort of vision of what this game is. And 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 so they also have conc- whether concrete or just sort of vague ideas of what they want, what a remake will have to be, um, and so and you also have to think of like so what are the what are the the gameplay sensibilities of the time, um, and like what what are the what what stuff will not translate. Um, and so I think the way they bridge that gap with the combat is was really very smart. Um, so it is ostensibly a like an an action combat system, but by the end of the game, I was essentially playing it as a turn-based game. Yeah, because of the way like. The game it sort of it slows everything down when you bring up a menu and allows you to take your time to um, think to to think about the actions that you want to take, and so in that way, I I wonder what the like the actual turn based version of the combat is because there is a mode that you can do that, but I yeah. never tried it. But um, by the end of the game, um, like I was, I I I. I would always be uh i would always use the like the slow down system like rather than the um the the shortcuts menu which allow you to just do stuff on the fly yeah yeah um, same just because it allows you to uh more easily like go through and and think about what you're doing and plan stuff ahead um and so at least for me the game sort of became like a turn-based rpg uh, where I where it was an action game in between that stuff, um, and so I thought it was very good. The only annoying thing sometimes could be like you can't you can't control three characters at once, and so there are some battles where positioning is very important, uh, like in order to not take massive damage, and so mm-hmm. you can you. I was impressed in, with the amount of times that, like, characters would not just run into openly dangerous situations. Um, like, there were some enemies later in the game who will just have, like, these auras that if you walk into them, you will just constantly take damage. Uh, and, like, I would notice, like, a character, like, standing on the outside of it and guarding. And so it's like, okay, well, that's good. Uh, at least this guy is not, like, directly subjecting himself to damage. But they also are not really capable of doing the more intricate maneuvering to get away from damage. Um, and so 
that was the one thing that would frustrate me when just out of nowhere um i had like a character who had really low health um and just because you can't it's hard to stay on top of all the all the people at once um yeah but it's so it's i remember last episode i talked about how um where i was at in the game i was viewing combat mostly as like through the lens of cloud um and doing stuff um based like i would control the other characters and and their actions based around making stuff work for cloud um and the game is really smart in that it puts these it puts moments in front of you where you don't have cloud and so you have to if if you had not been using other characters it forces you to learn uh how to use them yeah Um, but even Mm -hmm. but even before then i had um I don't know if there was like a turning point or anything, but but I had event at at some point I started playing the game using all of the characters, um, because there are you know there there are certain enemies that require like different approaches, and um, just using Cloud to 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 brute force even like the the mobs like mobs are generally not really tough. Um, but there are some that are, that are annoying if you're only using cloud. And I think those are the ones that like sort of opened me up to be like, okay, uh, so maybe, maybe once I fight this enemy, I should switch to this person. Um, and as you do that, you become more accustomed to what they do and you figure out, it's like, oh, well, this guy can do this. Like this guy is, um, does this guy is, is designed for, for this moment. Uh, and, and so that was the game sort of opened up to me like that. And, and once you are comfortable with using all the characters and switching between them on the fly, I feel like the game, the, the combat opens up and becomes a lot more fluid and, and a lot more fun. Um, honestly. Yeah. I, it's, it's really, it's really very good. Like, I, I think it's a, the, the exact going for what they were going for. I don't know how they could have done a better job. Um, I, I started running my battles through Tifa, really. Um, I used her a lot and who was your caster? I'm curious. Who was like your spell person, your magic? Uh, I was pretty much spread out between all the characters. Like I, I, I had each, each character with different elements on them and I, and they all had cures, um, so I basically use everyone to cast magic. So that I had I had cures on all mine, but mine, like Barrett, was a heavy caster. He was a beefy tank and a caster, and it's because he stayed away from the combat for the most part, and had the space to do that. And I could always switch out to him, and get his ATB up, and cast some spells, and then switch back. Uh, which was great. Um, I loved the progression system for each of the weapons, and I think that that helped keep the combat fresh and nice. Um, I'm trying to think of the... One thing that I like is that the game uh, for each character is with the abilities that they learn, 
it gives you enough options to like viably if you were to quote unquote main a character like each one has their own like viable options for yeah. for that to be the focus of your like combat strategy um and that's really cool like i think that was most um eye-opening for me with barrett just because like his in the the bombing mission like he is not really fun to use and the game forces you to to use him to defeat like certain enemies in there um and i mean it is it's it's like a tutorial section um just showing you that like you need to use different characters for different enemies uh but he is not fun to use at that sec at that section um he becomes very fun to use later in the game. Yeah. When oh. you can just, like, sit there and absorb damage and just blow people away. It's really it's really fun. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the game before we get into the story part? Because I feel like we've talked about mostly everything besides the story stuff. Um, let's see. What else mechanics-wise? So I... Like, I really, so I really like the game. Um, one of the weird things, the, the pacing of the game is very weird. Um, yeah. Like, I, there, and I, I didn't really have any issues with it until, like, the very end of the game. I thought that it, it, it moved at a very, um, not like a consistent pace. Like, the game would go from, like, sort of high-stakes moments to the, the sort of low stuff where you are um, in in the towns and just and just doing that stuff. Um, and each of those worked for me. But there are also these sort of... It, these dungeon-ish areas that are sort of in between that, that all go, like... Like... just a little too long like if each of them were cut in half like they would i would not have an issue with them um and it's just it's so weird and i sort of understand it because the game is really based around uh boss encounters um like that is yeah where the most um i guess that's where i think the most time and design was was spent so like and the boss encounters are very cool because each of them has a specific strategy that you have to figure out to defeat them um so they really work as these like active um puzzle sequences that uh like one of the the cool ones the the coolest ones is uh late very late in the game when you fight rufus um like his if you use assess on him uh, his screen literally it says it <laughs> it says um, if you use a certain attack on him while he's uh, while he's um, vulnerable uh, you can you can knock him off balance and that's like all it says it doesn't actually tell you what to do <laughs> yeah. um, and this is very en- near the end of the game and so it like uh, you are proficient enough in combat that it should not be an issue for you um, but and and it knows that you are you if you've gotten this far you probably figured out how some stuff works, um, but each of these each of the battles has the boss battles um, have these very they are all very distinct from each other, um, and and you have to take the time to figure them out, 
And so because those are, and and all those boss battles are very engaging. Um, like I don't rem- I don't think there was one that maybe Abzu two was uh, annoying just because it was basically the same fight. Like he did some new stuff in it. Oh, um, that was my favorite boss battle. Really, I um, I really um, between Abzu two and the weird two two elemented monster you had to fight with uh, yeah. like the glowing flames. I loved yeah. the I loved the boss battles where you had to like it was just layers and it was on a level I liked it because it was very obvious but it was like the obvious layers of like I need to check this 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 box and then I can take them out and yeah and I, that stuff is very cool and I only brought up Abzu because yeah. I only brought up Abzu cuz he's probably the one who is most similar to just because you you do fight him twice yeah and he's the repeat. one that's um that like he has different stuff in the second one but it is basically a repeat fight um but because like those all those battles are so well done and they're so um intentionally designed that way like it makes sense that they would want to put a lot of those in the game and so what they do is they turn certain sections of the game which were not dungeons in the original game into uh, these sort of not actual dungeons, but these um, they draw them out into these discrete like uh, areas. Um, and the, tunnel the problem with <laughs> the problem with it is that like they they all just last a little too long. Like there's a sort of a novelty at the beginning of it. And then at some point it's like, okay, I would like for this to be over now. Um, And then you still have like 30% more of the thing to go. Um, And that by itself was never a huge issue with me because they were always bookended by very good segments. Yeah. um, And they all always had very good boss battles in them. But it it was also weird just because of like what is happening in the story in some of these that would you would think would demand a little bit more urgency um and so there's this weird like tonal dissonance going on like the train graveyard is probably the biggest offender in this and that it is um turned into two entirely distinct dungeons um and the <laughs> the characters are going to try and stop this horrible thing from happening and trying to stop the deaths of countless amount of people. Uh, and they just sort of get sidetracked and are, uh, you know, just kind of wandering about this abandoned facility uh, without really even thinking about what is going on. And it's and it's very weird. And, and then once you get through it, there's a whole nother one of these segments that you have to do with another very long boss battle at the end of it. It's just, it's really strange. Um, and that's, and again, that's not, that wasn't a huge deal to me, but at the end of the game, it, the, gosh, the, the, the research lab dungeon was like so bad and it took so long. Um, 
And I really, like, I didn't, I never really had an issue with the sort of, I thought the game kept up a very good momentum until right at the very end, stuff just sort of grinds to a halt, and it's, and it was really disappointing. Uh, And that was probably, honestly, my least favorite part of the game was um, chapter 17, I think. Um, And it's, it's, it was, it was a slog. Yeah, um, mine was the robot arm tunnel. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was um, tedious. It was definitely tedious, uh, and and some of that stuff is weird too, just because of like in the original game, those were just like pat like environmental details that you walked over to get from one place to another. And I think there are a lot of places where they decide to extrapolate on what was maybe like a background detail um, in the original game uh, just for like flavor and turn it into a a thing. Um, And some of that works. Some of that is the robot arms, which is like, oh, this is cool. And then you have to do it four more times and it takes like two hours. Um, So another, another strange thing is the now this was an an intentional change the environment of the world so um in the original game the the plate so so midgar has the two levels there's the bottom the bottom level the the under plate where which is kind of the slums area and then there's the plate which sits above it um which is which is all these well-to-do neighborhoods uh very nice um, in the original game, you know, the plate was only supposed to be like 160 feet in the air. Like it's, no. what? yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like 50 meters up. Like that's the height of the plate. And so, um, in the original game, everything in the slums happened like in the darkness. Um, yeah, like, yeah because I remember that. Yeah. There was absolutely no sunlight, um, except for like s- various bits, uh, there was no thought of a like day or night cycle just because it was like always darkness. Um, in this one, the plate is like sits at the level of like the top of a skyscraper, basically. Like they got helicopters flying through there. Yeah. Um, and so it. I and I, this is neither a good or bad thing. It's it was just like an intentional design choice. Um, the slums. Um, they're a lot, everything is a lot brighter now. And that was a very strange thing at the beginning, just because like, well, this, this isn't what it was supposed to look like. Um, I think it works, um, more than, uh, it would, it would have been weird. It would have been strange to see how, how they, how it would have all worked in the darkness. I'm glad they made the change, but it is, um, it wasn't an interesting, um, an interesting change. There, there were points where it does not help, though. They, they go. Um, this happens later in the game, but they choose these like pre-rendered backdrops that seem to be very low res, low quality versus the rest of the game, and it makes no sense why they are not like they look so grainy. Um, I don't know if you know. See, that I says. actually really liked the pre-rendered backgrounds. <laughs> is, um, is it because of a nostalgia? 
because I don't know. I but like looking at them, I was like, you know, I this is really cool. Um, I, it, I I mean, it's, I think, it scratched an itch, but after like yeah. the third or fourth time where it like strikingly was against some high resolution yeah. thing, like and then literally right next to it is that backdrop. It's like yeah, okay, there's that's some there's some weird parts where like actual 3D objects, which like are being lit in certain ways depending on where you're looking them are um juxtaposed against a flat background that is like lit in a predetermined way and they absolutely <laughs> don't look the same right right the, like and I, so i had some moments like that was like oh that doesn't look great um but, but by and large like i the the pre-render backgrounds are getting they're probably getting the most flack of anything uh from this game on the internet um but i i like them I thought they were. A They're good, I thought I think it was a good choice to do that, um, just because it's it's very strange. But I I liked them. Every the, everyone I saw, I was like, huh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> the the only spot that is egregious to me was in chapter sixteen. That's the only spot where it like really got on my nerves. Um, every other one was fine for the most part. Now, see, I think those are the ones that I like the most. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, um, and the other thing with the pre-render backgrounds is that um, those it's it does it's not the same thing in this one because of the different kind of scale. But like the since everything was pre-rendered in the original, like they forced a certain um, uh, a certain tone in scenes um, based on the way stuff looked because they had. Uh, because everything was designed to, to look like that. Um, and, and it's, it doesn't do as much of that in this game. Um, but I still thought, uh, I still thought they, they were cool. Good. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so was there anything else you want to say about the game before Um, we, before we get, uh, because some of I, the the problem is some of the mechanic stuff that I was frustrated with, I have to talk about some of the story. Yeah, stuff. so so I'll yeah. There's, there's to get more into stuff, we do have to talk about spoilers, um, and especially like story stuff that happens later in the game. Uh, I think, but by and large, um, this is a very good game. Yes, um, it is fully rec- fully suplex certified by me. I. Um, it's hard. <laughs> um, the, the question that someone that you have to ask with this game um, is can I that a person will ask is, well, can I play it if I didn't play the first one or should I play the first one in order to enjoy this? Um, and that becomes a much more complicated question um, <laughs> as you go along. But yeah. I think, for the most like for the vast majority of the game it does stand on its own um and i would fully recommend this game it's to to anyone even if you haven't played the first one um yeah but at the end of the game you might want to have played the first one yeah or you might want to do it afterwards to get um retroactive context yeah, so that was that was one of the questions we 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 wanted to know. Like, I wonder what people who haven't played the game, the original, think of this. And that was before 
I even got I even finished the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that was before you got to parts where I was. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh. And and it's I'm I'm glad I've been able to see some stuff uh like listen to to watch some videos and listen to some podcasts from people who haven't played the first one. Um and like there's stuff that does that certainly doesn't work unless you um have knowledge and I don't I don't exactly know that I would call it a smart design to expect people to have to have full knowledge of all of the the previous stuff um in uh in numerous case uh but I think you can enjoy the vast majority of this game uh without playing the first one and so before we we get into spoilers if you don't if you're going to stop listening now uh, know that this game comes with my full endorsement and that you should play it. I, I, and I want to follow up that endorsement. Um, I, uh, as if you have listened to the show the past couple months, you would know that I was pretty skeptical about, I ended up growing kind of, uh, what's the, what's the word? I ended up kind of turning on it. I was like, I, I just don't, I think it's going to be short. Like I just don't. And I was glad I was wrong on that. Um, uh, I definitely, I was excited, but I also was like, this isn't necessary. And I'm, I was very frustrated at the, the nature of it only being Midgar. And, um, once we get into the next part where I can explain why that's yes. not an issue, but yes, it turns I, out there is, there is yeah. intentional design, uh, from the, uh, from the, even starting with the, the, the name of the game like one right. of the things we we wondered is like should this be called part one um and that is uh, yeah exactly yeah it's it's <laughs> the question that question has a whole lot of different a whole different context once yeah. you finish the game and so i i'm very this game made me feel a lot of things um and it it takes yeah i i like I love video oh, games man. and I get invested in stories, but for a game to actually make me feel like really feel something, it takes a lot. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because I passively play some of them, but this one did not let me play it passively. And I, yeah, I fully like even saying that brings some of it into my chest yeah. and it, it <laughs> the, um, you get like, you get invested in characters uh, for better and worse. Yeah, you. This game makes you care about the people, and that's what I was kind of getting at in the voice acting. I may have stumbled a little bit on it earlier, but like, you feel these people, and they feel real, and the way that they are graphically done. Like Marianne was like, "You can see his pores," and I'm like, "Yes, you can." That is like, and they they're just people. It's it's um it's it's really crazy and. Um, I just fully endorse this game. Any game that makes me feel like have feelings is yeah. big. Um, I think the last, I'm trying to think back to the last game besides Kingdom Hearts, which I feel like that's done more out of nostalgia than actually yeah. earning it. But yeah, it's, it's um, that's not based on what's happening on the yeah, screen. And it's based fi- on what's happening in your past. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and Final Fantasy VII earned or the remake earned every bit of it, yeah. and so, um, yeah. I endorse yep. it wholly. Um, Forrest didn't play it, but he but knows I, everything that yes, happens. And I fully endorse it as, <laughs> as, someone, who's as a, someone who's been an observer. Who grew up with everything Final Fantasy VII except for the original game. 
like the like see <laughs> like not getting into spoilers, but seeing what is hinted at and like what is done. Yeah, the it, the compilation stuff which yeah. is in there for the it's like I, like after it's, this, it's, I just really <laughs> want to go back and replay Crisis Core. Like I yeah. didn't I didn't beat it yet, so like I All have right. a reason to. But yeah, full endorsement. I okay. love it. We're going to take a break. This episode is going to run long, but I knew it was going to happen. Um, yep. And so but, after yeah, we come back. You can, you can stop listening now if you don't want to listen to the spoilers. Yeah. Um, so after this break. You're getting, gonna, a, you're getting a whole bonus episode, basically. Basically. Yeah, at the end of this one. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's things to talk about. So we will uh, be right back. <laughs> 